The struggle is real. Oh my gosh. As I was editing this podcast, I was overwhelmed with waves of guilt because I recognized that I am one of the worst offenders of not necessarily practicing what I preach. Today's podcast is all about outsourcing. And actually, that's not true. Today's podcast, if we boil it down, is all about recognizing the value that an entrepreneur brings to their business that we baby boomers bring to our enterprise and recognizing that value and making sure that we hyper-focus on the things that only we can do and offloading other responsibilities to others, which many of us find to be a huge challenge. And I offer all sorts of remedies for the situation, but I recognize that I only follow a certain number of those remedies myself. So I just, I had to come clean and admit before the podcast that I am amongst the worst offenders of many of the egregious actions, which I'm outlining within this podcast. But like you, I will now rededicate myself to paying attention to these fine business principles, which I am about to espouse and do a better job of identifying areas that others can help me and putting others in a position to succeed. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for those of us in the gray zone. What is the gray zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of gray. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt, and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help. This podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. I can promise you that coming up in today's podcast are gems of wisdom for all who want to improve the efficiency of their online business. But before we get into this, I need to invite you to join me in the gray zone in our Facebook group where other baby boomers and Gen Xers are meeting who are interested in pivoting, building online businesses and reinventing themselves. If you go to facebook.com slash go gray, facebook.com forward slash go gray. There you will find the gray zone, which is home base for the gray wave, for the movement that we are building of baby boomer and Gen X entrepreneurs who are building online businesses that have the potential to change their lives. So once again, join us. It's at facebook.com forward slash go gray. The link will be in the description below. I look forward to seeing you there. Now let's get to today's podcast. If you're listening to this show, you've been in business long enough to realize one fact, that we are all good at some things and we aren't good at others. But you know, there seems to be a badge, kind of a badge of honor amongst entrepreneurs that we do it all ourselves. I know I have long taken a certain amount of pride in the fact that I can figure out all of the different technical pieces of my business and how to create content in all of these different ways. And for the longest time, I did it. I was a solopreneur. I did it all myself. And while that was probably good for my ego, I think it was good for my ego, it was a bad idea for my business. I spent way too much time doing things I could have gotten others to do 
which stopped me from concentrating on the things that only I could do. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about where we spend time and where we find resources and what sort of resources we can find that will alleviate the need for us to do some of the repetitive tasks and free us up to be creative, free us up to do what only we can do. Now, who opened my eyes to this was Michael Hyatt. He does a terrific job of explaining the entire concept of having the principles of a business doing the tasks which only the principles can do and finding ways to offload all of the rest of the tasks to others. So just stop and think about it for a second. I mean, really, if you are creating a blog post and you are spending an hour formatting the blog post, is that good time? Is that time spent well on your part? Somebody else could do that for a fraction and probably way more effectively than you, first of all, because they're probably better at it. But if instead of spending that hour formatting a blog post and preparing it to post, which is a repetitive task, if you spent that hour creating content, doing research for the next post, isn't that time better spent? And I don't know why, but there is something in an entrepreneur's DNA that makes one of the most difficult things for us to do, to offload tasks, to trust others for tasks. And maybe it comes down to trust. Maybe that's the thing is it comes down to a trust issue. But for me and for many other entrepreneurs, handing off responsibilities within our enterprises is a very, very difficult task. But it's one, as Michael Hyatt eloquently points out, that if we don't do, we are limiting ourselves. We are basically limiting what we can do. And we're actually doing a disservice to ourselves and to our business because it's we're not spending the time and the energy on the things that only we can do. Now, all for baby boomers entering the online workspace, we can't make this mistake. We don't have time to make this mistake. We've got to be better than this. We've got to be more mature than this. And we've got to be able to get past this right away. So if you're just starting out building your online platform, I want you from the very beginning to be thinking about what others can do and take off of your plate. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to, at the very beginning, offload all of this, because often the cash flow just doesn't support bringing other people on. But as you build out your business, as you plan out what's happening, you should always have an eye on what can I outsource and what can I do myself, or should I do myself, or do I want to do myself? Let's face it. For a lot of us, the single most limiting factor for the growth of our business is ourselves and our insecurities, our inability to defer responsibility to those who can do it more effectively, more cost-effectively than we can. So what sort of work are we talking about? Let's, let's spend a few moments and let's just kick around some ideas of what virtual assistants, what VAs and what outsourcing assets you can bring into your business that will save you time. And we can start with just looking at the classic VA. And I guess the classic VA is, is not really a term. Uh, executive assistant would be the classic, but VA, this virtual assistant role, which has taken over in many cases for the executive assistant, is a relatively new term, but boy, it is something that is worth taking a good hard look at. And if you do a quick search on the web, you'll find dozens of sites of different services that offer you various calibers and qualities of VA, virtual assistants. And what can you ask a VA to do? Well, let's start with email inbox management. One of the biggest time vampires we all face is managing our email. Could you see a situation where you allow somebody else to read all of your business email, go through it, prioritize what's important, respond to stuff that needs just pro forma responses, make sure that important opportunities are identified to you and rise to the top of the stack so that they can basically make sure that the time that you spend 
in email is time on critical aspects that only you can handle and everything else handled by somebody else, that's a possibility. And that's one of the number one things that virtual assistants should be able to do for you. They can also manage your diary, managing your schedules and meetings and appointments, making sure you have all of the details in place. If you are being booked in a podcast, they would then make sure that you have the proper login link and the proper time. If the people are asking for a bio of you in order to promote in the podcast, they can take care of taking your stock bio and your stock photos and sending them to them and making sure that the branding is correct with your company's logos, etc. All things which you probably don't think twice about doing and you do yourself, but every time you do it, you spend 10, 15, 20 minutes of time that you could spend doing something else. That's what a good virtual assistant can do. Basic data entry, uh, organizing your to-do list, booking your travel arrangements. Yeah, I know you like to book your own travel arrangements. I like to book my own travel arrangements, but that's because I book them based on my preferences. How long would it take you to really teach somebody what your preferences are so they can do as good a job booking as you can? Not that long. If you build trust and you build a relationship with your virtual assistant, those are all things that they can do. Let's go on into some other kind of other areas, such as content creation. Can they do some research for you? If you're preparing to write a blog post or do a podcast on XYZ topic, can they do the research? Can they determine who the best guests might be? Can they... Can they help you prepare the content? Hey, how about this one? Can they track your competition? See exactly how they're performing. Give you feedback on what sort of content they're creating and how their community is responding to their content. That would be incredibly valuable. Keeping an eye on different trends and finding different sources for you that you can call on when you need them. If you do live events, having somebody to do all of the communication and organization and and uh, coordination with the uh, caterers and with the facilities, making sure that your audio visual is in place, etc. Your virtual assistant can do all of those sorts of things. And the list goes on. Now, we are probably now moving a little bit away from what a classic virtual assistant will do, but now we can look at some of the other tasks that can be outsourced that are similar, such as proofreading all of your blog posts, all of your copy, and editing it. I know I mentioned this earlier, but having somebody format and SEO prepare all of your blog posts, finding and sourcing graphics for your blog post. If you create a podcast, doing your podcast notes or editing your podcast, creating the descriptions, the episode descriptions, or the bonus download Uh, modules that you use as list builders. Perhaps you want them to do transcriptions where you do a transcription of your entire podcast so that you can add that for SEO purposes to your site. Graphics production, hiring somebody that does all of your graphics work in graphics production, doing your thumbnail images, etc. for YouTube videos, podcasts, blog posts, they all require graphic support. Then we step into the little bit more sophisticated areas that people can help you in, such as marketing and social media. They're finding somebody that's perhaps a community manager and they understand your business even more intimately. Perhaps they schedule and create social media posts for you. They manage comments and engage with your community and then transfer the most important engagements through to you so you know exactly what's happening with your community and you can respond to specific requests. They can create and schedule content and they can also track analytics and keep an eye on the reports and then give you feedback on how your different social media is performing. All of that is easily found in a variety of different online services. Then we go on into the administrative area where you can find people that will do bookkeeping and accounting, manage your CRM, your mail list tool, 
or do customer service managing complaints and customer inquiries and refunds, etc. Anywhere that you can find a repeatable task, you can outsource and offload some of the responsibility. I'll give you a great example. Here at Dottotech, every week we create Webinar Wednesday. And for that, there's a series of repeatable tasks that have to be done to prepare for the webinar. From the, obviously, the creation of the webinar, deciding on the title and the description, which honestly is something that I can't offload to somebody else because that's the creative work that I have to do. But as soon as that is done, I can offload the entire rest of the process until I click start on the webinar because we have to go into the webinar software and create the actual webinar. Take the links from that software and create the integration with Infusionsoft so that we can properly track people coming through and create a landing page where people can opt in. A thumbnail image has to be created and a series of blog posts have to, or not blog posts, but social posts have to be created to promote it. But those are all repeatable tasks that we do each and every week for our webinar. So once I've decided on what the webinar content can be, somebody else can do the entire rest of the process Process, which sounds like a lot when I say it right now, but is in reality 30 to 35 minutes of work. But if I do that every week, that's 30 to 35 minutes or four to five hours a month that I lose that I could be doing something else. That when you start to add up all of those things, you recognize that the more that you can take off of your plate as the entrepreneur is the leader of the company, the more that your company has potential to grow because you're going to do the things that only you can do. I know you're already asking me, Steve, how much does this all cost? And the cost, there's a pretty wide range of costs. If you do it yourself and you end up going and searching for a VA and post on job boards, et cetera, it's gonna be whatever you determine that should be. But typically speaking, if you're in North America and you are looking for a, a VA or assistance in North America, you're going to be starting at a minimum of about $20 an hour. You have to look at what minimum wage is, and then you have to look at what the extra amount that should be put on top of that for the level of competence and the level of responsibility that you're giving that person, and the dollars should reflect that. So I would say it starts at about $20, and probably if you're looking for somebody really good, you're looking at spending even more than that on an hourly basis for somebody within North America with a high skill set. But there are also services that will help set you up with people who are trained to be virtual assistants, but live perhaps in the Philippines or Eastern Europe. There's a variety of different regions where they have excellent English speakers, an excellent education system, their cost of living is much lower, and you can hire a virtual assistant at a lower rate. Now, depending on how you feel about that, that can be as low as 6 or $7 an hour. So you could hire somebody on an almost full-time basis for under $1,000 a month at that level. But it's really going to determine your own level of comfort with hiring somebody in that space and also the competence level, how much you're going to trust them and what you're going to be looking for them to do. Obviously, if you're asking them to do more sophisticated applications, things where a lot more trust and a lot more responsibility and judgment is required, well, then you should be prepared to spend more money because you are getting more value out of that person. If it's just simple data entry and some and very repetitive processes, you could probably save a little bit of money. Now, there's a variety of good services out there. Uh, we'll have some links in our show notes to a few. I follow Chris Drucker, who has built a business 
that uh, creates virtual assistants based in the Philippines. Now, what you look for when you go to any of these sites, and I'll use Chris's site as an example, is the thing that I would look for and that I find incredible value in for everybody who I talk to this about is the fact that not only does Chris do a good job of explaining at his site what the virtual assistant's responsibilities and what they will do for you to give you a good idea of that, but the key to success is training you what to ask for and how to work with the VA. I'm going to be brutally honest. The fly in the ointment for most people hiring a VA is not the skills, the dedication, or the quality of the VA. The challenge lies in getting the principle to properly articulate exactly what they're looking for from a VA and to offload those responsibilities and not fall back on old habits and just do it themselves. It might be my own insecurity speaking, but I know that is an issue with me that I find it far easier to do something myself than explain it to somebody else and trust them to do it, which is really ironic when you think about the fact that I've built my YouTube channel based on me explaining how to do things to other people. But that is the topic for probably a psychiatrist or psychologist, not for us to talk about here in a business related podcast. Now, there are some additional benefits in going through this process, even if you don't end up hiring somebody right away. And the first benefit, if you actually go through the entire process, is recognizing what areas you can create extra efficiency in by, by entrenching processes and then also seeing exactly what the, those processes look like, especially if you write them down and you actually try and communicate to somebody else how and why you do something. And that gives you pause to take a look at those processes and perhaps improve them going on. So there's benefit there. Now, the next question that I had as I looked at this is, okay, this is all fine and dandy. I love the idea of having a VA and obviously it is financially something which makes a lot of sense for almost any enterprise. But just how do you determine which of those tasks you should be offloading and which ones you shouldn't? I, I, I'm just, I'm just racing all day long. I don't have time to sit there and analyze which, what things only I can do and what only other, or what I can have other people do. So here technology can step in, I think, and help us. I've installed a tool on my computer called Rescue Time. Now, it's a little bit of a strange tool. It's one that it, it, you have to have a little bit of a leap of faith. Rescue Time is basically a snitch. It sits there on your computer and it looks at what you do all day long and it creates a report on it. It tells you how much time you spend in different applications and using different tools. And then it classifies those into things like social marketing, communications, productivity, uh, entertainment, wasted time and beneficial time. And I suppose this was designed as a presence tool. Now, when we're talking about presence, we're talking about if you have a virtual assistant or somebody that's working in another location, often managers want to know what their employees are doing with their time on the computer so that they can make sure that they're on task and on point. It's not really a self-help tool, but it's more a auditing tool. So you can see what your staff and employees are doing, which you may or may not be comfortable with. When you just install it on your own computer and only you have access to the reports though, the the color of what you're getting changes dramatically. And what it does is it gives you a snapshot of where you're spending your time. And by looking at those blocks of time, you can very quickly determine which ones are a, where you're spending the most time. And you might be surprised with where you spend the most time. It might not be a pleasant surprise. I'll be honest with you on that. But then if you look at it in the clear light of day, you can say, oh, well, look at this. Here's a big chunk of time that I spend every day in email. 
And I wonder if I can, if I can just reduce that four hours a day to one hour a day and have somebody else do the bulk of the work, well, that alone pays for a VA because it frees me up to do so much more stuff. And I didn't realize I only spent one and a half hours writing every day when my job is writing. That's the main thing I have to do. So Matt, if I can recapture that two hours from email and put it into writing content, wow, we're going to be way farther ahead and we're going to be able to push the ball farther downfield for our enterprise. So the tool is called Rescue Time. I'll put a link in. It's free for the basic purposes. It can be used to monitor your employees as well, should you choose to. But I think just as a self-evaluation tool and to help you identify exactly where and what you should be doing, that it is a terrific option. There are other ones out there as well. Rescue Time just happens to be the one that I use. And we, by happenstance, have a video on it. It's a little bit of an older video on YouTube, but it will take you through the process pretty quickly. So you can spend six minutes, look at that and decide if it works for you. One conversation every entrepreneur has to have with their self at some point in the growth of their business is this conversation. Steve, how much is your time worth? Tell me honestly. And you have to take a step back and you have to really evaluate what your time is worth. And here is something that happens to all entrepreneurs. We, without fail, undervalue our time. We overvalue everybody else's and undervalue ours. It seems to be the nature of the entrepreneur. So if you have that conversation, you say, what is your time worth? And then you look at what you can get somebody else to do that blog post or edit that podcast or produce those graphics for, and you recognize that you can hire them for a fraction of the dollar value of your time, you will immediately see the equation and see the value in outsourcing on a variety of different levels. And then where you start is going to be dependent on your own business. But I can assure you of one thing. When you think this through, you will recognize that you have to start and you better start doing the research. And this is the perfect time. So I'm going to have a whole bunch of links in the description of places for you to start looking and a range of virtual assistants that you can find from as low as five and six dollars an hour through to four and five thousand dollars a month, depending on their ability. And you're going to find within that the type of of support that's going to work best for your enterprise. I hope you are enjoying Gray Matters with Steve Dotto. This is a pleasure for me to create this podcast to share with other baby boomers and Gen Xers the opportunities and challenges we face in this online world. Now, there is one place where you can make your voice heard and let me know what you want to hear more of and what your thoughts are on the topics that we share on this podcast. And that is in the gray zone, our Facebook group. So I invite you to visit facebook.com forward slash go gray. Once again, facebook.com forward slash go gray. The link will be in the description below. There you can participate and share with us in the gray zone. Till next week, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming the castle.